You are now listening to the Devil's Advocates Book Club Podcast. Husband and wife, one of a life, one of them illustrates, one of them writes. Same universe, just different sides. Now watch when these worlds both intertwine. Indie chick, Marvel dude, bad boy of comics, got the girl. Swapping the books from the own collection and getting a change of perspective. Like read what I give you, see what I flip through, expose you to the things that I'm into. What you love and the parts I can skip to. One's got the underground, one's got the big two. Hey, joining the club with Donnie and Meg. Bring your thoughts and we can play. Devil's advocates, 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 book club, book club. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Devil's Advocates Book Club. This is, of course, the show uh, featuring Donny Cates and Megan Hutchison. They're married. They lo- they make comic books. They love comic books. They read comic books on this show and talk about them super in-depth, sort of with me. I'm also there. I told a story today on <laughs> on Twitter uh, that I wanted to share uh, here in case you, you, you didn't catch it, which is a completely true story. Um, that now that I've shared it on Twitter, I've seen so many people respond with like eerily similar kinds of things. Weird. Um, like honestly, like 10 years ago, I, I, I had been, I've been a Stephen King fan. Like be, be, before we dive into like what we're actually going to talk about, I just want to tell this story yeah, really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I've I've been a Stephen King fan since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I, I I've just been I have been one of his you know his constant readers mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. But um, I found the Gunslinger, the the first book of the Dark Tower series, you know, and uh, it was about a decade ago because I was reading it when I was an intern at Marvel, mm-hmm. which was a decade ago right. exactly, um, and. I started reading The Gunslinger, and then I started just just like ripping through the Dark Tower series. And there was this character that kept on popping up. Um, you know the you know the Dark Tower, the Gunslinger. The first line of the first book is that the man in black, the man in black, fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed right yes. well as you go on which is the greatest opening line in in <laughs> in like in like fiction history yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. greatest opening line of a fucking book of all fucking time right <laughs> and so I was, I was instantly hooked and like stephen king has been such a huge influence on my work yeah. um the, the way that he writes things the way that he writes romance and person and like um you know um 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 uh, humanity into mm-hmm. these like crazy backdrops, right? It's right. such a huge influence on me. So again, flashback to a decade ago, I had left M- Marvel and I had gone back um, uh, to Austin where I currently live and I was working, and it's going to come up actually later in the show, <clears throat> I was working as a, as a cook. I was a short order cook, um, um, and then uh, a large order cook, and a chef, and I was doing all kinds of like on, uh, um, um, like like I was a cook, right? Anyway, um, and the name uh, in 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 Dark Tower kept on popping up of Randall Flag, and I kept on reading it, and I was like, man, I. 
wait, how do I know Randall Flagg? Right. Like, I I know that name. Like, because all of, as all of the constant readers of Stephen King know, is that everything is connected and everything informs each other, right? Yep. And the Dark Tower is the, is the tower that connects everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did a little internet research and... I found out that uh, Randall Flagg was the antagonist of a, of the of the the stand, yeah. right? And I this is a true story. I um, I went uh, very late at night, um, like right before the store was closing. I went to a store. Um, and I pulled in the parking lot and it was like my car and like three other cars and it was dark as hell. It was night and the store was almost closing and I got out of my car and I started to walk towards the, the, the doors and I heard behind me what sounded like a bird that was like had been hurt and was on the ground and was like flapping around and like it 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 sounded like like a like a pigeon had been like (laughs) and like had like hit the dirt and it was windy outside and like a storm was kind of coming in i swear to god yeah and so i turned and i looked and in the parking lot about three spaces down from where i had parked illuminated in the center of a parking lot you know um light like a pillar what am i, what am I trying to say like a, like a, 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 a you know like a parking sorry i was zoned out what <laughs> no like a parking lot light yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the pillars in a parking lot right like ambiance of the parking uh, lot light. right in the middle i looked back and there was a book just sitting in the middle of this light nope and nope. <laughs> the sound that i heard was the wind catching its pages and making it flap and so I turned and it, I was instantly creeped out that there was just this book sitting there and its cover had been torn off and it was a ragged beat up copy. And I picked it up and it was The Stand. That's so it weird. It was Stephen King's <laughs> The Stand. And here's the craziest part. There are many doors. The place that I was pulling into was a bookstore. Oh my God. And I was going there to buy a copy of The Stand. Nothing that spooky has ever happened to anyone. (laughs) Dude, it is. And so I... There are many doors. There are many doors. And so, like, I honestly, I picked it up. And like just it would I mean I still it's sitting right here in front of me. I put a picture of it, of it on Twitter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a completely true story. There's 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 no incentive for me to make any of this shit up. Yeah. 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 But to this day, I've never read it because it freaked me out so <laughs> fucking much. Good. It should. That that like Roland Deshane sent me a copy oh of God. the stand. I was in the middle of the Dark Tower series. I was reading the part of the Dark Tower series where Roland goes to talk to Stephen King. So he's like in our world. And then I go to the bookstore to get the stand to learn more about my brand new flag. And it just teleports <laughs> into my being. Wait, you when, know? when did so, this happen? How long ago and, was this? 
10 years ago. Is, how is this not ago? all and you've t- ever talked about? Like, how did you just now tell the story? It's been if sitting... you realize that we've been going off the rails for about 10 years. And, so. you're, and here's the thing. So I... This is all your fault. And so I was... I don't know why... I don't know why it came up. I was talking to Megan today over breakfast. And somehow the story came up and I told her about it. And she was like, where is that copy? And I was like, I don't know. And I walked across the room and I was looking. Granted, we have like no less than like 28 bookshelves. Yeah, uh, most of our house is bookshelves. Like, right, I right. swear to God, like mo- most of our house, we have a three story house and every story is covered in bookshelves. Right. And I was like, I don't know, where is that? Cause it doesn't have a cover on it. It's ripped and torn and all fucked up and it doesn't have any markings on it. And I mean, baby, am I lying at all when I say <laughs> that I said, where is that? And I turned I to my left, walked to I walked shelf. straight up to oh it and God. it was right there. It was right at eye line height and I pulled it right out and I was like, well, if that's not a sign, then, then what is? And so I started today reading it and the opening line of it is... We need help. The poet reckoned. And and it's about a fucking pandemic. And it's like, I just like, it's so fucking unbelievably. um, I remember. Apropos. Apropos, timely. (laughs) And so as we go through, I'll be, I'm going to be reading the stand. I've I've gotten through a big chunk of it today. Mm -hmm. And I just, I adore it so much, but it's such a it's such a weird, weird story, you know. And so like, COVID nineteen is your fault. Yeah. So <laughs> to say. honestly, pe- people online have been have been tagging Stephen King, and like have been like telling me that like one guy <laughs> said like maybe you're the key, like maybe if you read it and then burn it, the pandemic will be over. Like right. maybe you're the like maybe like. Because the car is a wheel, right? Like maybe Roland sent you this so that it's a sign. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's funny. But also having read The Dark Tower, it seems kind of possible like, <laughs> like, like, like like why else why else during this time has this come to me why did that memory come to me <laughs> and like dude whoever read it before me there's dog-eared pages to like passages and stuff and like i don't know why they're dog-eared to those passages and like i don't know why and so like someone before me read this book and somehow it landed in that parking lot when I wanted to go and read it. And I, it's just always had this black aura around it, like yeah. a dark aura around it. And now I'm reading it and it's, I don't know, man, it's fucking weird. It like it, you know, Stephen King has this way. Neil Gaiman does this too. That you like, you'll read like something like American Gods, and yeah. and I remember reading American Gods and like things lining up in my life that like lined up with American Gods, right, right. and being like, you know, I think it's just what it really is. You know, to get out out of my own mystical chosen one bullshit is that human 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 beings as a species are are bred to 
knows patterns right right, right right and so like once you see things then you start like you know if you learn a new word you'll start hearing it all of a sudden mm-hmm. like all the time yeah, like you yeah, start yeah. reading it in book books all the time you know well i mean um, natural explanations but, are good but this is your responsibility now you got to finish this book and you got to burn it or something 100%. well you got to figure out what you got to do i know, you know I, I studied witchcraft and we we look for patterns and right. science and things and yeah it's just it's just really fucking actually crazy today when you were telling me this story i was like you have to read the stand because if you don't things are going to happen yeah like like you guys, what if I read this stand and when I finish reading this stand, COVID is cured? <laughs> like, what That's if? That's not how it works. Like, no, Get no, well, rid of your no, fucking no, 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 hold on. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, hear me out. <laughs> what? What? Hold on. Hear me out. I'm just shaking my head. Hold on. Hold on. What if? Oh, God. I'm God. Well, then this podcast will blow the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like, it's gonna... poorly produced, but it is by our. It is the dude did cure COVID. So I'm kick you off a fucking balcony. <laughs> there are patterns to life, and I think that you Absolutely. reading the stance uh, yeah. means something. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> no, I think I you, at you, all. No, you guys. I think. I think. I think I got this. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think I don't think I got God. I I think I got it. I think you do too. I think you do too. Cause a wheel, man. Cause a wheel. All my Dark Tower fans, if <clears throat> all my Dark Tower fans out there, if you if you've ever been in a bathroom stall and you have seen the words bango skank written on a st- on a and on no a one, on no a, one a, ever a, has no I, except y- for people y- who live yes, in Maine. Yes, yes, they have because I was the dude who wrote that. Uh, because if Jesus you it, the the graffiti of bango skank goes across the entire Stephen King uh, universe, but anyway. So, Donnie doesn't need any more things d- being powered into uh, whatever <laughs> sphere, I'm whatever sorry. energy sphere I'm that he's creating for himself. I'm sorry. I'm going to get us on I track wanna... here. You guys want to do a yeah. book club? You want to talk about some comic books? I do, yes. but and I have a great yes, segue. Please. I okay, have a great perfect. segue. Um, I, I, <clears throat> so, um, I, 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 I want to take a really quick, I want to take a really quick moment uh, to talk about my dad mm-hmm. because um, he's the reason that I am where I am today um, and is also uh, going to tie in very heavily in one of the books that we're talking about. Um, my dad instilled in me very young, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists, um, and creators and writers and, and, and everybody in the industry, be it comics or any kind of art form, uh, have a history of their parents telling them, um, you know, no, don't do that. Like have a backup plan. Don't do any of that kind of thing. And uh, I have the complete opposite of that. My dad taught me from a very early age, or not taught me, told me that whatever I wanted to do, I could do, and there was no reason that I couldn't do it. And so at a very early age, when I told him that I wanted to be you know, a writer at Marvel Comics, my dad had a phrase that I continue to tell young creators to this day, which is, it's going to be someone. 
there's no reason it can't be you. Ooh, love it. Is what he told, it was, was what he told me. Mm-hmm. And my dad always told me the only way that he would be disappointed in me is if I didn't live up to that. Mm-hmm. Is if I is if I settled and I gave up on my dreams as an as as an as an artist, right? And so that literally came true for me, in that um, a writer that I kind of grew up as a man in my early you know um, in my you know late teens and early twenties, Jason Aaron. Um, who became my idol and my inspiration for everything, um, there was going to be someone who was going to take on Thor after him. Right. And I put it in my head a decade ago, well, it's going to be someone, why not me? Mm -hmm. And that literally came true because of my father. Right, uh, and he taught me that, and I think that, that that is something that I want to share with everyone else is that, you know, Jason Aaron was not born a prince, neither was I, and if Jason can do it, and if I can do it, and if Megan can do it, you can do it, and that brings me to my point, which is that I once wrote a book called Thanos Wins. Mm-hmm. And then, and the next person to ever write Thanos after me was one of the most talented young writers to ever come on the scene, named Teeny Howard. Right. Hell All right. Yeah. Um, and Fuck yeah, Teeny Howard's the fucking best. Teeny Howard and I. Um, uh, so to to bring us into the conversation, what are we reviewing this week? I. Uh, was assigned Assassinistas by <laughs> Teeny Howard and Gilbert Hernandez, and Meg was assigned. Um, Jim, oh, um, J- J- Jim, Superman's pal Jim Jimmy Olsen. Olsen by Matt Fraction. What? I'm waiting oh, I'm for sorry, you to... by Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber, Nathan, Nathan Fairbing, Clayton Cowles, and I want to tell my Teeny Howard story. Okay, yeah. well, I, yeah, go, go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so people should know before we say this, Teeny Howard is a part of our family. Yes. Yeah, Teeny Howard she is- She is our sister wife. Yeah, Aww. yeah. We are, we, this this yeah. house, this house is a Teeny Howard house. Teeny Howard house. We, we have known Teeny for a very long time and- I knew Teeny before I met you. Yeah, and I, I met Teeny right around the time that she was doing Rick and Morty and- um, I have just been uh, blown away and impressed mm-hmm. and uh, 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 incredibly proud of her success. But you go ahead, yeah. So um, I, so my, I got my start in comics through um, Shelley Bond, who used to work for Vertigo, and um, she started her own imprint called Black Crown. Yep. And um, I came on as an assistant editor on Femme Magnifique, which uh, some people may have, and if you don't, you should definitely get it because it is an amazing anthology. Eisner nominated. Eisner nominated. Right. Yes. Um, anthology about um, 50 women in history whose stories haven't been told. And so I helped, I, I came into the office and so I, I helped Shelly assistant edit it and helped her design it. And when I was working on this book, um, she had all the pages up for all of her new Black Crown titles. 
and one of them was Assassinistas by Teeny Howard. Oh, and, all right. And Shelly was like, oh, you don't know Teeny's work? And so she gave me a bunch of Teeny's work, and she was like, you would love this. And then Teeny had a, a story in Femme Magnifique. And she's like, you would love Teeny. So I think like a month after that, uh, we were at a show together and I met her and she calls herself a swamp witch, but we're both <laughs> witches. And there are very few, okay, I don't know if you guys know this, but there are very few goth people in in the comic book industry. And right. so we tend to, to clump together and um, Teeny is one of them. And the second I saw her, I was like, I love you so much. Yeah, no, Teeny and you Megan are sisters. And, and she said yeah. the same thing. She was like, oh my God, yeah. who are you? And it was <laughs> a magical creature. And it was, and we instantly bonded. And what's what's really interesting in that is 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 so the other side of that. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I um, <clears throat> you know, Teeny Teeny has mentioned a few times in in, in interviews and stuff that that that, that she cre- that she credits me and Matthew Rosenberg for getting her book's attention at Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I have always told Teeny uh, to, again, quote my dad, that that is, um, that's that's not a gift. It, 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 it's a it, it's a paycheck. Right. Like, you fucking earn the fucking, the hell out of that. And... Uh, She's a phenomenal... Teeny's no is. fucking joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Teeny is no fucking joke. Anything like, she writes, like you should read. her Thanos yeah. shit that she wrote, like, after me, I I mean, I was like, man, I mean... Um, and she's doing, you know, amazing things at Marvel right now uh, with the Hickman X Men run and everything like that. Everything, and I know some of the what is it? Of the, swords. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Ten of swords. Ten of swords. Um, and and is That's just what I said. is just <laughs> such a versatile and amazing writer. Um, she's phenomenal. And yeah. so with that, I, so I talked to Teeny the other day on the phone and. Um, what I found uh, very interesting about our conversation was that she actually, um, uh, uh, Teeny had written uh, um, uh, some prose work mm-hmm. that had actually gotten Shelley's a- a- attention. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, Shelley Bond approached Teeny and said, "Have you ever thought about doing comics?" And Tini was like, I do do comics. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Though. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she was like, I do do, I, I, I do comics. And she pitched two books, um, Euthanauts and Assassinistas. Oh, sure. And uh, they were both. I thought Euthanauts came after the book that she does with Nick Robles. Maybe it did. My timeline's blurry on which one came first. But this is around the time I met. I met Teeny was be- before this she was doing um Rick and Morty and she was doing she actually so it's actually weird how much Teeny and I's origin stories line up yeah because Teeny was a barista she was like working at a bar and um, I was reading an interview. Um, I was doing some research, and she had in, in, entered into the Top Cow talent search uh, that, that, that they used to do. I think they might still do it. I, I guess maybe they haven't, they haven't done it in a few in a few years. But she was um, coming off of a shift 
where she was like covered in like grime and like right. had been like you know serving drinks all day and stuff like that and got an email from top cow saying congratulations you won yeah and now and that was her first to like published paid for thing That's and so literally mm -hmm. That is my exact same story. Uh, I was literally. Uh, I was yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally, um, I was. I was actually. I was at a bar as a short order cook when I clocked off, and um, I checked my email, and God. I was covered in like fry dust and like you know fucking oil and grease and shit when i got my first Brightest. my first approval from dark horse right. that my first like short story was approved it's crazy and then that just like then, made my um, stomach jump that's the dream man <laughs> it's crazy right it's weird i mean that i remember it i mean i i just i remember it i mean and she uh, and teeny in the um in the in the in the, in the interview that i remember with her said that she was like breaking out in tears in her car covered in like yeah. milk and oh like God. covered in things and i was I the same way so i like went out into the alleyway and i was just like oh my god like this is it yeah i used to carry on me i used to every laptop i ever owned and every backpack every wallet every anything that i could write it on if i had a bracelet i would write it on mm -hmm. Um, everything that I ever owned, if you ever saw me before I broke in, had four uh, four things written on it. Everything that I had, my laptop, everything in Sharpie, had uh, I-G-T-H written on it. Mm -hmm. I-G-T-H. And it was written on my hand when I when I went to cons, mm -hmm. and when I and when I when I went to go and pitch, when I went to go talk to editors, I would write it. I would write it like on my arm where no one could see it as just just an emblem. Right. And IGTH was it's going to happen. Right, right. I love and that. And I I just I willed it and I I had it printed everywhere. Yeah. And Teeny is the exact same sort of soul and. You know, do, you, do you know that's that's what witchcraft is? Like that's sigil work. <laughs> that's, sigil. that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah I, I, I guess I did we it. Make, we make sigils. I guess that. I did it without knowing. Isn't that it, also know? the I secret? Isn't that the book, work. the secret? You put it out. In... Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah, stop. With that. Don't. Don't. Stop don't. with yeah, that. Like yeah. weird. Yeah. The secret House. leave the the secret that Housewife book leave, leaves out the part where you actually have to work. <laughs> no, uh, I mean anyone can anyone can make things happen. Anyone right. can man manifest things happen. Yep. But fuck that. It's witchcraft. You have to work though. I'm going to but claim you... that because we worked really hard for that oh, shit. Absolutely. But you but no, but you do have to work though. And yes. and, and, and to get back to the point, <clears throat> Teeny Howard is one of the hardest working writers right. in comedy today so uh, make no fucking mistake about it mm -hmm. um uh, she is a a a um i have been in rooms with her in, in summits and shit and she is a hurricane yeah, yeah. and She's um assassinistas let's talk about that yeah i wanted to so, say real quick man, assassinistas. I, I, I obviously have loved every book that we've done for the book club so far and i love jimmy olsen obviously but man i 
fucking love Assassinistas. This book holds such a special place in my heart. Well, Ethan, well, but then why don't you start out? Why, why don't why don't why don't you tell me what what you thought about it? I just like it, like. Well, it, well, first of all, tell it tell tell the audience what what it is because the way that I was gonna describe it is. You know that scene in Kill Bill mm-hmm. where Uma Thurman faces off against the other assassin and they're both retired and yeah, the right. kid yeah. walks into the room? Yeah. Imagine that scene, but an entire book yeah. of that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's, right? it's, it's three ladies and they, they used to be badass assassins and, it, and it's been a while. Uh, some time has passed since they got out of the game. Uh, and they've moved on. They've they they have adult lives now. Mothers, some of them, uh, and uh, and then of course they they get pulled back into the game to, to varying degrees. And and the, the the kind of driving force of the book is is one particular uh, of the three ladies who has a son now who who is gay, right? Um, and she has yeah. to come to terms with that over the course of the series. Uh, yeah. And that particular that that's that that whole part of it is what gives it such a special place in my heart. It's, our main character. Exactly. In yeah. the way that in the way that in the way that the backdrop of her son kind uh, I say coming out, but it's not really coming out. It's it's so abrupt. It's yeah. not like he yeah. it, it, it 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 when it when it happens in the book, it happens at such a heightened point in the book right. that, that the mom it at first comes across as her being very accepting and just mm-hmm. being like, I don't care. Right. But as you start to kind of pull back the layers, it's just because she, it, it does startle her. Yeah. It does. She, it, it, but she's not against it. She just doesn't have time to process no, it. Is- and Teeny takes, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. sorry. But, 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 but Teeny takes such great care and effort to, elaborate on that right. and and to and to really slow things down and make them have that conversation right. and like make them confront that you know yeah. and um if i may really quick i think that um teeny told me a lot about um and megan i know you want to i know you want to i don't mean to cut you off but i just i just really want to i want to say it so quick how dare you um <laughs> In the back of in the back of the Tini told me a lot about her her work in this book mm-hmm. and how personal it was. Right. And again, Tini and I uh, we collide so much in how our career forms. And that Tini was talking to me about how this book was very helpful for her to work through and ended up making her and her mom's relationship really? a lot closer. Wow. And and I wrote a book called God Country, which inadvertently writing about a father and son story the way that I did brought me a lot closer to my dad. Right. And I was kind of writing... I was kind of writing my dad. I was mm-hmm. writing in my dad's voice and in that way was able to um, understand him more and forgive him more, mm-hmm. right? And it brought me to a level of 
piece where my father and I are best friends now. Ah, right. right. That's awesome. And but the thing that Teeny and I share about this book and about God Country as well is that Teeny was telling me the same thing that writing this book helped her step into the role of her mother. Right. And really quick, I want to read you guys something that Teeny wrote in the back of the trade. Yeah. And um, once again, um, reading aloud um, is hard for me sometimes because of my speech impediment. So you'll forgive me. Um, do you would you just read it for me? I can if you yeah, want me to. Megan's gonna read it. So okay. so so this is what I have a couple beers this, in me, but this, let's do it. This is what Teeny wrote in the back of Assassin's. Where do I start? Just read this whole thing. Wait, the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ. I'm not good at this either because I'm dyslexic <laughs> and I have an accent. When my mother was a little girl, she had kidnapping insurance on her. Which is actually a true story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's true. My grandfather, rest his soul, was a somewhat high-profile CIA agent, and her being kidnapped was a really high possibility, I suppose. She's going to hate me for saying this. I don't know if I blame her. A childhood spent with things like kidnapping insurance hanging over one's head can lead to a sort of craving for normalcy, a life as far as far from the badassness and fantastic as one can imagine and she says right. ultimately that's what assassinist is all about she says most of us i think are pretty mundane we 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 crave ad, 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 adventure adventure, adventure mm-hmm. in the great wide uh somewhere to paraphrase a french pe- peasant girl uh uh, and all it just mouth. Yeah, because for most of us, it's just a fantasy. But uh, adventure for most of us means a carefully planned weekend at a beachside resort or a backpacking trip through some of the world's most populated cities, and an and unplanned drive down down a planned and maintained highway. The trade-off for real adventure is danger. And while most of us are eager to say we'd make that trade any day, I sure am. I have the strange privilege of being raised by someone who wouldn't. Perhaps real danger makes us crave normalcy, the, the, the way normalcy makes us crave adventure. adventure. Mm. Dominic and Octavia are the opposite of my mother and me that way. She's very safe and always keeps me very safe. As a result, I have adopted, adopted. one of the, 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 the world's most dangerous lifestyles freelance writer (laughs) who knows who knows maybe i'm octavia out here with my flat jacket on bearing my guts to the world and hoping they pay me for the privilege maybe someday i'll have a a dominic of my own a brilliant deep take no shit beautiful son who looks at me and says mom let's just be normal i can only hope that i'll be so lucky and so that is Teeny Howard's statement on this but, book. And is, but that being said, Octavia is the main character and Dominic is her son. And in that same way, when I wrote God Country, I was Roy. Mm-hmm. And right. I was writing Emmett Emmet. as the main yeah. character. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Teeny and I spoke with that at length about how, how stepping into this to the shoes of our parents 
And to bring it all the way back to Father's Day, one of the things that Teen and I talked about the most was one of the things as a writer that you don't um, you don't ever expect or think of is the wake of pain that will follow you for the rest of your life after you write one of these books. Right. Meaning that uh, God Country is four years old now. <clears throat> and once a day, uh, 10 times a week, um, you know, a hundred times a year, and especially uh, a couple of hundred times on Father's Day, I get DMs and tweets and emails and, you know, comments from people talking to me and sharing with me about how God country reminds them of their father, right. of a father that has passed. Yep. Right. And T and I both talked about how she gets that too out of assassinasis about how how much um, how much she wasn't ready for it and how much I was totally not ready for it and didn't expect it that you are now when you when you put that kind of a piece of art out when you share that kind of story that you will now have to not have to that's a bad way of saying it you are now privileged to be a source for people's pain and have to absorb that pain and and people will come to you and tell you their stories right, right. about that and so when you think about this is less of a book review as it is much of <laughs> as it is about like about the process of it because it right. was so eye-opening talking to teeny and the and the the ways that it lined up with god country and the way the same experiences that we had mm -hmm. of people coming up to you at shows and telling you that that book was there for them at a time when in my case they lost their father mm -hmm. or in teeny's case they had come out to their to their to their parents right you know but in this book it is it, it is it's a mother and son relationship right mm -hmm. yeah and that's it's, what this book is about. and it's it's beautifully told and brilliantly illustrated and we'll talk about that in a second but like the thing is is that i think that i i just i just wanted to touch because i want i i i hope that if if anyone if there's people out there who listen to this podcast because they like my my work or megan's work i i i so there's really no other writer like on the scene who writes if you like my shit you'll like teenies is yeah. what i'm trying, trying to say she writes from from the bottom of her fucking belly mm -hmm. like she writes from her throat mm -hmm. like she writes from her heart and it shows and it shows in the way that we both have similar stories where we 
both T and I have shared stories about having to take a break from signing lines because people have had to come in, you know, that that book was something very special for them, yeah. but we've had to absorb their pain. Right. You guys are very similar. You know, and Teeny has had to absorb people's stories of their pain that they, they that they, you know, how much they, um, how much they've reacted to this book. Um, I think, I think that it's very easy to look at Assassinistas and see a bunch of badass girls with guns yeah. in this and overlook it in the same way that you could see God Country and see a big sword and mm. overlook it. Because Assassinistas is so not about like girls with machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not about that. It's so much about family. It's so much about overcoming things. It's so much about learning to overcome and forgive yourself for who you you you, you used to be. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And it it's it's an, it's such an incredibly piece uh, a personal piece of work that is um, highlighted incredibly by let's fucking Betta's work by fucking Gilbert Hernandez. Yeah, I man. mean, let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, Tini told me that Shelley. It's so much fun. It's so the much. Is so much fun. Uh, Gilbert's Gilbert's art is. Um, I actually think that you and Gilbert have a lot of DNA. Megan, well, I, I look, I, think, I look like a Gilbert Drummond. Yes, you do. I, I, one of the honestly, one of the first things I ever said to Megan when we were courting each other is I said, "You look like a Gilbert Hernandez." That's drawing. crazy. Because um, Megan does. She, you know, I and so, you know, um, and, and Teeny was t- was telling me. I the, love um, his work. Oh my god! I mean, it's, the thing is, 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 is. I mean, I mean. Uh, I I can't say anything about Gilbert Hernandez that, that the world hasn't been saying <laughs> for for longer than I've been alive, right? No, I mean, Bettisberg has just been phenomenal. It's beautiful. The colors the act, are beautiful. Act, the but, acting is amazing. Acting, and and that's, a, that's the thing. You and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Is that I don't give a shit if an artist can draw, you know, a fucking huge matrix, fucking thirty thousand people it fighting. It doesn't matter scene. how technical it is. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I want you to be. I what, what you need to work on is I need to be able to read a silent page and know from the acting on their faces exactly what they're feeling. That's a real artist. But that's what's really nice about Assassinistas. Yeah. Is that it totally. Is- it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It, it is fun. But He's it, having fun. Teeny's having fun. I can't believe. I can't believe how totally. simply how simply he gets across the acting. Like it's like it's so it's so yeah. Dude, simple like, and under under underplayed, and yet it's like well, it's, it has so much it's, depth it's to because, it. Because yeah, what, what, what you're looking at is a master. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Because like yeah. if you see like most most artists. Um, there's a few exceptions, but most artists, if you look at their career, most of the most famous artists, like comic book artists on the planet, Me as, that, <laughs> as they as they get older in their career, 
their character forms get simpler. Right. Yes. Right. Absolutely. They That's get, what I was saying about myself. They get they get simpler, and there's less lines. There's it's just because they've mastered it. They don't need to put That's that really much effort into yeah. into tell into telling you how a character is feeling by the way that they look. Right. You know. Um, like That's if what you, I've been saying all along. If you look at if you look at um, like you know Dark Knight, you know um, if you look at like Frank's work with like Dark Knight Returns yeah. versus like Daredevil, you know, uh, Born Again and stuff, and then and then and then and then further on in Frank's career, his his forms just get just get quieter and quieter and well, quieter. The best example of this is Manola. Mignola, yeah, oh, oh yeah, right, totally, right. Totally, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Because I mean, when Mignola started out, he, he was just he say was everything in, in like two lines. He well, no. <laughs> when Mignola started out, he was an inker and yeah. he was doing like highly technical like brushwork. No, but and, his like early stuff is very nineties. Yeah, totally. And, like his stuff now is just it's blocky, chunky, blocky, super chunky, and, blocky shapes, and perfectly, but but gorgeous, perfect, perfectly yeah. toned, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you're what you're getting here in assassinistas is just this uh, i mean i mean, it's 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 the, look, the every, there, every panel looks like it's designed there's so much mm-hmm. there's so many reviews of this book that say that compare it to tarantino and mm. as much as i want to have a different take on that i can't yeah. because because it is a in the same way that Tarantino came along and was a young, hot-headed, like bold phrased like bold-faced, like full-throated <laughs> young writer, but took uh, techniques from masters right. and implemented it into their work. That's what Teeny did here. Mm-hmm. Teeny is this in no, this in this book. She is this Gilbert Hernandez did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, right. Mm-hmm. So like, Teeny is 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 the Quentin Tarantino here, but Gilbert Hernandez is all of the classic films and all of the classic, yeah. you know, yeah. like stuff that Tarantino like took from to make his voice loud totally and so as asnesis is this perfect it, it, it's perfect i mean honestly i i i it's it's a perfect book <laughs> like there's yeah. there's literally nothing i would fucking change about there's it there's no mean, fat on I, that book except no. that, that, that's a great way of saying mm-hmm. it. there's no fat on this book at there's all nothing. it's um from beginning to end every character has an arc yeah yeah and a, and, a, and a reason for being perfect. there, you know. And you know what? Like, I have shied away from, like, in the past, I have given away more of the plot in my book reviews of these mm-hmm. things. I don't really want to give you anything that much because I want to support the fuck out of this book. Yeah. And I want all of you who are listening to this to go and read this. Um, so much fun. It's an easy read. Look, it's... It's okay. Look, imagine if there was a Kill Bill four, <laughs> and it was all those but girls. It was a comedy. 
but it's not really a comedy though is it do you think of it well see that's that's the thing is that it can go from like having like the most like tender moments like this page which are just so so like beautiful and sweet to then you have like hilarious like almost kind of yeah tarantino kind of thing like the line that i love is eat lead you impotent old money dicks you felt up your last receptionist Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 exactly no it's very funny it's very touching I mean, it's... Yeah, it is. It is. But I... It's a great book. And it's oh, yeah. actually... You know, as much as we're dorks for this art form, this this book is what the art form is about. It's... it's, yeah. it's it, the, 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 the moment I finished... So I called Teeny before I started reading it. Because uh, I, I hadn't read it. Um, and I called Teeny um, and I asked her just to you know walk me up until like like give me your origin story of this book right and so we talked about it and that's where the story of like shelly coming to her and winning the top cow all that kind of stuff right Right. but then i'm reading this book and i'm just like every like 10 pages i'm texting teeny and i'm like why is this not a movie right now? <laughs> like, why am I not? Why am I not binging? Well, why am I not binge? Well, 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 like, why am I not going through yeah. the? Why am I not seeing the fourth season of yeah. this show already? Totally, it's so perfect. I mean, again, I, I, I tried to say it earlier, but like, imagine Kill Bill Volume Four, <laughs> right? And that that you know, there's that scene where Uma Thurman leans onto that little girl and says, "If if you grow up and you find me, like I I, I just killed your mom. If you grow up and you want to find me, like we'll we'll do that dance then or whatever." It right, is. right, right, right. You, you yeah. remember that scene I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. You know. If you want to read what that story is, <laughs> right, yeah. it's this fucking book. Totally. Like, because, like, to me, that story in Kill Bill, the untold story of Kill Bill, is that little girl growing up. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Tracking down Uma Thurman's character. And that is what this fucking book is. Yeah. You know, in a way, but kind of inverse it totally has that appeal too of, of something that would easily be adapted like this book and and rosenberg's four kids walk into a bank are the kind of books that like comics fan or not i think you could hand it to anybody and i would challenge them totally. to not like it totally Absolutely. and yeah. on that note i think 100 i think yeah. as a great segue as far as like books that you can just like hand off to anybody and right. just be like an instantly enjoyable like bit like uh like a plate of cookies yep. of, of a book is Jimmy Olsen's pal. <laughs> I don't know, like, dude. I don't like, know. Well, why don't, you, why don't you talk about it? Okay, so I did um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, yeah. which I fucking love the <laughs> shit out of. But the thing is, is that you don't know who Jimmy Olsen is unless you know who Superman is yeah. and all this shit. You know what I mean? Can um, I ask you real quick, how much of it did you read? So I read one through five. Okay, cool. Perfect. Which um, I know it's a limited series and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be one through 12. I think yeah. 11 is getting released this week. Right, right, right. Um, they only had one through five at my shop. Right. Uh, awesome book and, books and comics if you guys need comic books. Thank you. Um, I had no idea 
what this was. Yeah, right. And you actually assigned this to me. So thank you for this. <laughs> nice. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've also never read anything by Matt Fraction. Really? Wow. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know, I know. It's it's sacrilegious. No, I'm um, like excited for you. There's so much good shit. <laughs> it is so fucking goddamn it is, funny. It's so funny, yeah. It is so fucking funny. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure all of you nerds know this, but um, when Jack Kirby left Marvel and went to DC, his first book was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> which is so weird that's so fucking weird so like in the 70s they're like we need a jimmy olsen book and they're like hey jack kirby you created all these like weird characters at marvel here's jimmy olsen yeah right what the fuck you know what's funny i didn't even fucking know that isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard i i in my that's like dc just being like oh here you go right yeah i mean it's (laughs) so fucked up it's you know history as we all think of it as nerds is that he went from being the biggest guy in the world at marvel to then going and making changed how comics were made right but then but how we all think about it is that history remembers it as Jack Kirby went to DC and made the new gods. Yeah. And Dark yeah, yeah, Side yeah. and everything. No, he made but Jimmy no, Olsen. he made fucking Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, but that being said, this is phenomenal. Oh, it's uh, dude. It is so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny. I will say this because I've actually I, I know Matt Fraction. I, I haven't read any of his stuff and don't tell him that because he doesn't know that. But um I've been on <laughs> panels with Matt Raction and uh, I'm friends with Kelly Sue and like we are all friends. Um, he is incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. And this is possibly one of the funniest comic books he's, I've ever read. He's got a, um, you can, you know, if you read, if, if, if past listeners of this show read like four kids walk into a bank you can absolutely find your DNA tree <laughs> from like Bendis to Fraction to Rosenberg. Totally. But they, totally. they all have that same kind of like winky <laughs> like. No, 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 no. But there's an actual winky and Fraction stuff. Like yep. Rosenberg, like, okay. So Rosenberg was in her wedding. Like I am very good friends with Rosenberg. Like he's very dry when you meet him in person. He's just like, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like fraction, fraction actually just like stares at you and then just like winky faces you. He's like, like, yeah. We have uh, yeah again. It's so disturbed. It's 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 funny because we we are we are like um um again we're dealing with like uh, creator wise opposites. Like, um, um, like Star Trek Mirror Universe. <laughs> like, so. well, in that, like, Teeny Howard and I's stories are the same, and that Kelly Sue and Matt Fraction are, are the, the, you and I are, are that. They're two creators who are like married. Married, married like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. forgot about you, that. You, right. You, you see what I'm saying? And um, like Kelly Sue. I can Sue's, only be as attractive as Kelly Sue, but go on. Baby, you are gorgeous. 
Kelly Sue is gorgeous. I mean, Kelly Sue is also gorgeous, and, and Matt Fraction's a very handsome man. Um, and yeah, and Kelly's phenom- ph- phenomenal. Um, uh, but yeah, I, Jimmy, this Jimmy Olsen series has that. Um, I can't believe they got away with that quality yeah, right. yeah, that totally. Rosenberg so, does in his work. Okay, so Rosenberg, I do see what you're saying. So Rosenberg does it because he's just like, he's just like, nah, 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 nah. you know, like he's just like, nah, this is really funny. Um, Fraction does it and he just like looks at you in the face. He's like a cat. He just looks at you in the face and like nuts. <laughs> I can see table. what you're saying. So you haven't read Fraction's Hawkeye. I haven't. Because I haven't oh my god, Fraction see, stuff is needed. yeah. Fraction that stuff is fascinating need. to me because with this and like Hawkeye especially, it's like it'll be hilarious. Like this is one of the funniest books I've ever read, but it also feels so tightly, tightly planned and like intricately totally. put together. Yeah. Totally. And this this is 100. And so you're okay. So we're in the DC universe, right? So yeah. we're with Jimmy Olsen. So, I mean, kind of like the basic outline is that Jimmy Olsen is a pain in the ass to Metropolis. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's the Johnny Knoxville of Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great way of saying so it. So he gets booted out of, okay, like he gets booted out of Metropolis and he gets sent to Gotham. Well, because, it, because he is causing too much destruction in but, Metropolis. But, because there is something else going on with Lex Luthor and he is destroying the monument, which is actually like a further plot point which no, no, no. But, but I, what I was going to say was I didn't mean to cut you off but the the reason that he's booted out of Metropolis is because while he is an enormous risk for the daily bugle bugle no planet. that's that the they, day, they wait, planet. what is the daily bugle that's Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. Um, what the? <laughs> I'm sorry. I live with Big someone who works for Marvel. Big two indie chick. <laughs> Listen to the fucking opening rhymes of our fucking of our podcast. Understand why that's what happened. No, but I did a thing. The thing is, is that is that is that like they they actively want to fire him because he's such a liability. Yes. But like print media is kind of boring no, and to the whole kids thing is like, and he's viral he, yeah 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 jimmy olsen goes viral also he, it's sunday and i've had like three beers and he, and he and he and he like he does big things like turning into a giant turtle and he didn't so to, okay so that's part of the conspiracy mm. um and so there's like there's there's this thing just like in the first issue of like the reason they 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 try and fire him because they're mm-hmm. like, dude, you can't keep on like you can't work for the Daily Planet and fucking and be like, causing all this to dis- destruction. And then they're like, but actually, Jimmy Olsen's video is the only thing that gives us traffic <laughs> and advertising. And so they have to ship him away. And the cool twist at the end of the first issue is they send him away to Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So. And there's a big conspiracy. Right. Well, that's the whole thing is like, but, but the, the kind of the crux of the whole thing is that um, it's about Jimmy Olsen and they open every issue of the first arc with him. Um, his family 
and uh, <laughs> establish it like before Metropolis was ever established. Like going back in time and descent. And uh, his great 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 grandfather was Heimrich Osin, and he was Nordic. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. lived in Norway. Yeah. So I know Norwegian. That's wow. my Norwegian accent. It's very good. Thank it's perfect. you. Perfect. and talk. And, um, you know, and it's just like. No, actually, hold on, really quick. Meg's not bullshitting. Meg no, lived in Norway like for, yeah, wow. for a while. It was. She terrible. actually knows what the fuck she's talking about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just like really cool how they opened all of this and like how, like, I actually didn't know that the Olsons were a, a very, like, ancient family in metropolis i wasn't like familiar with Luther's that either work. i don't know if that's an innovation of this book yeah, or not. yeah. i was yeah. gonna ask you ethan i was yeah. gonna i was gonna actually ask you ethan because like, yeah. his brother is like super julian is supposed to be very famous and right. i didn't know that jimmy olsen had a pulitzer prize right i think that the ancestry is that thing? thing is is well, mostly this Kent, book uh, clark kent has a, pu- a pulitzer prize no no i'm sorry Lois has a Lois a, does a, yeah, yeah. A, a Pulitzer Prize. That, mm-hmm. That's right, because um, it's establishing Kingdom Come that the oh my god I'm I'm like I'm like going I'm like what you're hearing right now is me like filing through a, a, <laughs> a, a file that like what was it batman made a kryptonite ring to bring superman down that's in King that is Come. that is hidden in lois's pulitzer prize oh my god yeah something like yeah. that but i don't i i was hoping that you ethan could tell us because i was the same way as you were meg that like I was like, is Matt inventing this stuff? Or is I this... think that he is. And if I'm wrong, I I'm just going to dub over myself was. later and correct it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, please. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. If we're wrong, tell us. But like, yep. it's it's all those flashback scenes are dope. Yes. So much fun. Okay. So I have a question. Yes. Um, okay. I don't know anything about Big Two anything. Mm-hmm. Right. This right. is like part of my education. Um, I am married to someone who writes for Marvel. So mm-hmm. reading a DC book, and when you have a bunch of people walking down the streets that are in bandages and then have big googly eyes. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? Is that Ethan, what? Is that a thing? Like, Wait, is that what? hush? I thought Wait, maybe is that hush? Show, show me what you're talking about in the pages. Is oh, this in, is this in Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, this isn't Jimmy. They're Olsen. walking around in bandages. It's in the, it's in the flashbacks. In they're walking around he, in bandages okay. with googly eyes. Yes. So here, let's see these. Yeah, um, show me what you're talking about. So I don't think I'm showing about. I looked up um, interviews. By the way, can we talk about how dope these covers are? Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay. We have to talk about the art. Uh huh. Yeah. Because um, Steve Lieber's. Or, wait, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Sorry. See, uh, I think it's Steve Lieber. Have you, did you guys Steve read? Lieber, su- right? You guys yeah. read? Su- yeah. You guys read his Superior Foes of Spider-Man? Phenomenal. Um, and also, my favorite part of all these books is how terrible Superman and Batman come off. 
They are <laughs> so fucking doofy. How do you mean? And fucking like they're stupid assholes <laughs> and it's so great it's so great also i have had three beers because told you guys be- this? Be- because you're seeing it from jimmy's pov yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 definitely no he interviews superman he's like um oh, take my thumb off this is me in a wig and then batman's like no one likes me and i have a weird bendy uh arrow through my head and i'm super funny well, there's a bit as well where Clark is like, That's this great. might be a job that Superman can handle, and then winks at the camera, and the yeah. person Dude. next to him is like, what are you doing? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, good. That, that, that's the first issue. So Clark goes, good. Oh, well, I don't know. It's only a job for Superman and so winks good. right at the camera. And then, and then it's, a per, it's a page turn reveal, yeah. which is like, a master precision job <laughs> from Matt Fraction that it was a page turn reveal. Dude, I have yeah. someone like winking that, into the camera panel. That like he does that and then everyone else in the room goes like what are you why are you wink like what are you winking at? It's like so great. why, why it's are so you being great. such a fucking weirdo right now? Okay. Wait, but what I are you? Um, what, what are you? What are you talking about? Them? Looking the, the, I'm looking the, the, for it too. You, I'm looking for it. Wait, yeah, what are we looking for? You said that in the. Oh in the wait, wait, wait! Right here, there's people with big eyes and. Oh no, the guys with the the the, the rap faces. Okay, so there are so many nerds yelling at the camera right now. Mm. No, okay. there's. If I if I may there's... stand up and wait, and, wait, wait. And, and, and 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 protect my my best friend and my wife we have been taking the day off today because we have had a weekend of bullshit we've had power outages and a puppy and my lovely wife today spent the day um uh, setting setting up a hammock out outside and she has deserved Doing manual labor. She has deserved every beer that she has drank today. So <laughs> this is true. So and I have four. Well, yes. so I found so what also, you're talking about because on the cover of issue two, there's there's one of these googly eye guys in bandages. That's him. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not crazy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What, Thank is, you, what is that? Is that is that Wait, is that have... is that us being uneducated about the DC universe? Because now that you just showed me that, I I noticed. Uh, yeah, that was in the first issue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's in every issue. Okay. It's... Um. Also, I have a thing to to point out. So you know, in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, when Charlie has like the board up and he has all the lines. I was just about to say right? that. I saw that in this issue. Yes. Yeah. So the the board with all the lines up that like detectives do, right. that's called a sociogram. Is that right? Yes, that has an actual word Did associated you, with them. Can I make a written down. Can I make an educated guess? What? You learned that from one of the many podcasts that you listen to about <laughs> serial killers. No, I actually learned that from this comic book, and I think it's issue four. Really? Yes. Oh man! Well, I just, I just, I just blew my. That was a really good guess, though. I because listen, the because Kate, you know how the, much I the, love the, the Kate's household is. Uh, if no, you guys, because he, because Jimmy Olsen has a sociogram because this whole thing is that someone is trying to kill him. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We haven't even talked about this comic book at all. <laughs> I know. I but know. like, someone tries to kill him. 
I think and I have an answer to the bandages to thing, Gotham. though. Well, because they had to fake his death. Yes. They, they, yeah. That's the end of issue one. And begins yes. big, big and spoil that. They, they, they faked Jimmy Olsen's death and moved him to Gotham. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where issue one ends off. And that's when the con- the conspiracy yeah. kind of well, begins. Yeah, so right? two things real fast. That, real fast. One, is there a better cover than who shot the decoy corpse of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen? I think that that's so good. Yes. And also, I think I, have an answer, so I think I have an answer to the bandage thing. Um, in the... Is this the second issue? Yeah, the second issue... Um, Jimmy's talking about how he, he does a lot of silly shit and then it flashes back to all of these instances that seem to be references to old Jimmy yeah. Olsen issues um, so like he, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, horse yeah, yeah, and whatever yeah, yeah, yes, and then yes. in one of them he is the bandage guy with the bulging eyes so yes, I'm saying I, and then he just keeps popping it's, up it, it's gotta be a reference to an old Jimmy Olsen story that I don't know <laughs> no Meg no 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 no, I thought it was like the silent right. man. No, no, because no, because that's crazy. Because I, 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 I read this after Meg read this, and she had that earmark. You, you, you yes. earmarked that page. Yes. And it's so fucking terrifying. We, we must be the the three of us uneducated upon some sort of lore that Matt Fraction knows of, of some sort of a... Or he just it made looks, it up. No. If I know Matt Fraction's work, it's it's some nod to some deep... Because, Ethan, doesn't it look like some Doom Patrol shit? It really shit? does. It looks exactly no, like... No, it is. Yes. It's Mr. Negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like some, like some Doom Patrol shit. That's what I thought it was. And, like, I... I sometimes am very hesitant, if, if I can just say this really quick, I'm, I'm sometimes quite hesitant to um, admit my ignorance <laughs> about lore, considering the job that I right. have. Sure. You know? Um, but, like, I've only ever taken jobs that I, you know... Um, I'm getting back to your book, but just for really quick, I'm, I'm getting back to Megan's point. Uh, I've only ever taken jobs at Marvel, so like a lot of I get a million fucking tweets every fucking day about people asking me to write Moon Knight. For some reason, people think that I'd be a great fit on that, but I've only ever taken jobs that at marvel that i've been passionate mm-hmm. about that, like i grew up i grew up reading that i have a deep love of and i don't take you know if i'm offered moon knight or if i'm offered you know nightwing or whatever like that or like that i don't take those jobs because i wouldn't be doing the fans a good service because there is a writer out there who is the guy for that job and I say that to say this. Matt Fraction is so clearly the fucking guy <laughs> for Jimmy Olsen because he obviously knows his fucking history and we don't. I, I found and well, I so found whatever the fuck that did I you find it? it? Yeah, it looks like it's a reference. Again, this could be wrong too, but it looks like it's a reference to Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen 33, where for the entire issue he's wrapped up in, in complete bandages. Uh 
Oh my god. Um, See, yeah, maybe, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe. That's what I'm talking about. That's no, what I'm but, talking okay, about. Okay, but I was going to say this because, like, uh, he did. So, Matt Fraction did an interview with EW Entertainment Weekly. Sorry if you don't know. <laughs> and um, he said the thing about Jimmy Elson is that he's incredibly malleable. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who lives to tell, uh, as the witness, he's the guy who lives to tell the tale. So, yeah, that makes sense. Like, everything yeah. that he does, like, everything that Superman is doing, right. Jimmy Olsen is right there. Yeah. I mean, so in that way, you can interpret that as Jimmy Olsen is the guy who writes Superman stories. But the whole thing about Jimmy Olsen, like, so Jimmy Olsen Tales started when Jack Kirby came sure. before Jack Kirby came to yeah, yeah. DC. Uh-huh. So they've been going since the 60s. So it's just like this whole idea of like Spider-Man's or sorry <laughs> Superman is off doing this <laughs> stuff. And then Jimmy Olsen is like like off doing right, this shit. But, 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 but again think about that as a writer though right? Yeah. Like what a gift to be given a job as a your job is to write about the guy who writes about Superman. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and, and no one most, is... like, impossible situation. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. And, like, Matt Fraction came in and, like, found this way of doing it that is just so utterly fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. I mean, because, like, like, is there a cooler story? I mean, like, you think about Jimmy Olsen is like, oh, he's, he's the sidekick. He's this, yeah. he's this guy. But really what Matt Fraction did is in this book is just like, no, dude, Jimmy Olsen's like the most important (laughs) dude in all of DC. He's the guy like, okay, okay. In, in, in modern, okay. In, in the world that, okay. Hold on with me with, with this metaphor because it's going to stretch a little bit. Okay. Okay. In, in the real world. Mm-hmm. Right, if Superman existed, mm-hmm. right, and Superman only gave interviews to one dude, that dude would be more famous than Superman. And Matt Fraction is like zeroing in on that. <laughs> the fact that, like, they're like, no, actually, Superman's not the biggest dude in DC. Right. Jimmy Olsen <laughs> is because he's the dude that everyone goes to to get. He's the human link between them and Jimmy right. Olsen and Superman, right. Mm-hmm. right? So I have a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So Matt, when he was giving his interview to Entertainment Weekly, he said, let's do Superman stories. Let's do super transformation stories. Let's do a Western. When it comes to Jimmy as a character, his superpower is that none of this freaks him out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Brilliant. That's great. That's great. 100%. That's really great. And that anything then yeah that makes me totally totally i can i i i can i i i just for like fans of the show i i maybe maybe that's why i attach to this so much because 
Um, I've always described my Venom run as um, getting to the bottom of just who Eddie Brock is, right? And like everyone else who has ever gotten a symbiote has been freaked out by it. Like when Peter Parker got a symbiote, mm-hmm. he was freaked out by it. When Flash Thompson, he was freaked mm-hmm. out. You know, Andy and, and, and everyone else who ever got one, they were freaked out about it. But Eddie, if you look back in the comics, was the one dude who was like, cool, <laughs> yeah, he was. let's roll. Yeah. And so like that's what was so attractive to me about Eddie. It was like, wait, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that you're so cool with that. Why are you? And so like it's informed so much of my run of Eddie being so scared of being alone, right. you know? And so Matt Fraction is essentially doing like essentially that same thing of like bringing out the humanity yep. of like, why is Jimmy Olsen the only dude on earth who this shit happens to <laughs> and is like, yeah, cool, man. Anyway, what's tomorrow like? You know, like, why is he? You said it, Megan, you said it perfectly at the you. You said three words at the beginning of of your don't ask me to review no you said he is the 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 um the, the johnny knoxville oh of the dc yeah. universe and i think that's a perfect like 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 that's such a perfect way of, of describing this series yeah. is that johnny is that jimmy olsen is the guy who lets DC happened <laughs> to him. No, but here's the thing. Yeah, you know totally. what I'm saying? No, but here's the thing. It's like you, I'm trying to desperately flip through these pages. Steve Lieber, is that mm-hmm. his name? The artist? Yeah, yeah. He's so He's so good. good. Yeah, speaking of acting, oh, I mean, yeah. speaking of, and, and speaking of. So good. I mean, Gilbert Hernandez and, 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 and they, they're, the, 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 the like this, like the, like the, like the simplified forms, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, but it's just like, it's, oh, yeah, Steve Lieber. Um, and then Nathan Fairburn with, like, the colors and Clayton Cowles with the with the text. I mean, it's just... It's fun. great, and it deserves it's more recognition. I, I just feel like it's not No, getting... but it's like going back to kind of old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like going back to, yeah. like... Totally. like this week and you know like metropolis totally like, these things were happening totally and and it's just it's so fucking weird and it funny. is it's a fantastic yeah. book and it, i it it it's it, 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 it's it's a it's a book that I, I for whatever reason i feel like people aren't talking about it enough but in the same way that like when matt when 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 fractions hawkeye came out it was kind of under the radar for like a little yeah. while until the groundswell came mm-hmm. up, you know, and okay. then it exploded. I would highly recommend. I think Megan, I, I don't want to speak for you, but like I think I think you can you can agree <laughs> with me that like like this is gonna be something that people are gonna be Definitely. reading for this decades. Is phenomenal. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy good. And I wouldn't have known about this if not for uh, you, Ethan. So yeah, thank of you course. Very much. No, I, I'm glad yeah. you liked it, and I hope that you, you guys have enjoyed lightening up a little bit. We've had some some grim comics over the past couple episodes. This has been Advocates Book Club. I am Ethan, the producer. We got Donnie here. We got Megan. Follow us all on Twitter. Donnie is at Don Cates. Megan is at Black Em underscore Art. Griff 
Griffin, who, who is no longer with us, is at Griff Sheridan. You can follow him if you want. Uh, R.I.P., dude. Yeah. Love you guys. We Peace you. out. See you next Thanks, week. everybody. Bye-bye. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates Book Club. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates. Devil's Advocates Book Club.